0: A word in the house today. If you're ready for the word, I need you to put some likes and some comments and some praise hands and some amens and make some noise. Now I need to let you know that um, I've worked on some new technology that there's nobody in the room right now except like my mama and Charles and the worship team, but but I can feel your holla back at me, okay? I Spiritually, I ask the Holy Spirit to let me be able to feel because there's some of y'all watching in Africa right now, in Georgia right now, Dallas is in the in the building right now, Houston is in the building, Cali is here right now. Wherever you're watching from, all I'm asking you to do, if something is good, if it agrees with you, I need you to act like you're in the building because I can feel it. And the better you help me, the better I'm going to preach right now, okay? So can I get one big amen from everybody? Come on. Can I get one more big amen from everybody? That's what we're saying, so be it. Well, we are starting week one of a brand new series that I'm entitling Who is the Minister Here? And the honest to God truth is um, I've been planning this series for two years and there's no way that I would have known that we would be at this crossroads in society at this moment, but God did. And, And he wanted me to challenge every person that is watching and hearing this broadcast, this message, this playback to really evaluate if you have truly answered the call that God has brought you to this earth for. And I know some of you right now, your job you thought was your calling, but when they laid you off last week, you found out that you were expendable there. That's not why God called you. That wasn't your source, that was a resource. But at at the moment where everything is scaled back and movie theaters are closed and, and sports are shut down and all of our honestly distractions to our purpose have now folded up in one week. God's asking now. Can I have your attention so that you can do what I created you and sent you here for I'm about to come all in your business today So so let me okay. We'll stop Mike. Okay, let's 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 get them started Let's play a little game right now and I want to play a little game called who's the minister Okay, and I'm gonna put a picture on the screen and I need you to see if you can identify The minister in the picture. Let's try this. Who's the minister does anybody know who that is? Okay Some of y'all said T.D. Jakes, okay, I hear you. Some of y'all are like, I don't know, who is is that? All right, let's try another one. Who's the minister here, okay? Does anybody know who the minister is? Okay, I hear somebody saying Joyce Myers and and other people said, that's my Aunt Sally, okay? That ain't your Aunt Sally, okay? Let's look, who's the minister here? Now, 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 some of you said Pastor Stephen Furtick, okay? Others of you are, are saying that's the guy who does my laundry every week, okay? Here we go, who's the minister here? Now, now some of y'all be like, that's you. And um, when I think about the question of who's the minister here, many of you, if you knew the people in the pictures, you identified the pastor or the teacher in the picture. You did not identify the minister. See, because if I was to ask you right now and if you were in this building with me and I said, hey, who's the minister here? Four thousand five hundred hands would point at me. And at that moment, I would say, "Aunt, eh, you're wrong. See, I'm not the minister here. Write down point number one of this series. You are the minister here. And see, some of you are saying, Pastor Mike, no, I can't be the minister because you don't know what I deal with. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I come from. You don't know what things I'm still fighting with. But the problem is that I see in the body of Christ right now is the body of Christ is so fragile because the weight of the whole of the purpose that God wants to do has been resting on a few. Let me give you an actual picture of this. See, because what's happening right now is this as many of the people that you think are ministers. Oh, that's Pastor Mike, that's Pastor T.D. Jakes. Oh, that's my pastor at First Community Church. That's my pastor at First Ebenezer Baptist. That's my, my, my pastor at um, um, number one Colgic Church, okay? Whatever your church is, I don't care about denominations, but we think it's the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher. And then something happens in culture and society where the church is supposed to hold the weight, but when you put it on somebody like this, they get crushed they can't hold it up and then something else happens and they get crushed it's because there's not enough people who are full that are able to hold up the weight when society has questions when people are saying where is god there's a few people standing up but god said every child that was born of me should be standing up and not ashamed of the gospel but there's too many people who have not Been identified or accepted the call that they're the minister. What would happen if people that are working at the school system and people that are arts and entertainment and people that are working at the bus stop and people that are working at the at the daycare and stay-at-home moms and all of these people would take their place as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ when society comes to crush we would be ones that are able to stand. Somebody say, I'm the minister here. And what happens if you get in your place and when somebody has a question at your school, at your job, not they gotta come to the church, but we are the church. I feel this thing. And we step into their world. Then you get some other ministers to come up in their spot, in finances, in the stock market, and when other situations come. I no matter the situation to be able to stand and then we can teach our children how in the midst of a pandemic we don't lose our faith. In the midst of being laid off we understand that that job was a resource but God is my source. He was Jehovah Jireh, my provider all the way back to Moses. He brought water out of rocks. And what you don't understand about this example Is these ministers that have been holding all the weight. They're actually empty. But if ministers would take their place and be full of the Holy Spirit, it would give people who are empty the opportunity to stay in a place long enough where they could heal and still be a part of what God wants to do, but not be thrown off because they don't have enough in them. What I'm saying to everybody that's watching me right now is God saying, will I have to look for another or can I use you to be my minister at that soccer field on that campus? online right now as social distancing is taking over could you use your text message thread not to sext people but to actually uh uh-oh to lift up the name of Jesus could you use it not to complain and gossip but could you spread the gospel with it could I get somebody to be my minister somebody said I'm the minister here come on somebody say I'm the minister here and that's what I want everybody to know. So I want us to go to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. I'm preaching harder than y'all was in the building. I feel this thing right now. I see God doing something in somebody. Faith is coming alive in somebody right now. You're realizing that the reason God hasn't let you off that job was because he sent you in there as a secret agent. You are the minister at that place. The reason you're trying to step into this other lane and God says, I need you right there, is because if I could get enough of my ministers spread out all in government and I could get enough of my ministers spread out in every mountain of society then maybe a banner could be lifted up in the kingdom of God we'd be expanded somebody just shout at me I'm the minister here look at Ephesians 4 because some of y'all are like that doesn't make sense yeah. rev you the minister bishop you the minister I think that this has been a misnomer in the body of Christ that it's jacked up people's theology and jacked up people's responsibility. Because what ends up happening is you leave the four walls of the church and you think that, oh, this pandemic is happening. I hope the pastor's doing something. Oh, wow. There's a crisis in the land. I hope those people are praying and God said, hold on. What? What? I'll let you see that post. I'll let you come in contact with that homeless person. I'll let you be born into that family to stand up and be the minister there. Ah. See, some of y'all are mad right now, but I'm trying to call you to another level of responsibility and calling. Look what Ephesians four eleven says. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Now listen to what he gave to the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Now watch, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Another translation says, their job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So my job as your pastor is not to minister to you, it's to equip you to minister to others. Did you just read it in the word? You've been thinking, oh, yes, today, Pastor. Oh, He just ministered to me. Hey, he did a work. It was God. No, 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 baby. You were here supposed to be taking notes. You were here trying to, you needed to take the scriptures, I said, translate them in your mind and how you do it because you've got to give that away and minister to somebody else. God said, the reason I gave pastors, prophets, apostles was not to be glorified. It was to glorify me and equip others. And that's why I got to come against this religious spirit that tries to make pastors and prophets and all these people on this pedestal like they boo-boo don't stink. Listen to me, their greatest role is a servant we are built and called to equip people to be able to go out if you're a pastor or a prophet and you're the only one can do what you're doing you need to move because the goal is that other people would be able to do greater works even our Jesus said greater works now if Jesus the only man that lived a sinless life had a plan for the ministers to do greater than him Why are you the greatest person in your organization, ministry and church? And you've been there for 20 years. I'm gonna get hate mail for this one, but it's the word anyhow. And and some of y'all are sitting there like, okay, so a pastor's job, a teacher's job is to acquit me? Yes, you're the minister. I'm the minister's Mr. Miyagi. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever watched Karate Kid, but in my heart, in my mind, When I get up here, when I study all through the week, when I'm trying to get a revelation, it's not because I'm about to have to go fight. Do y'all remember karate kid where Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi was there and, and Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel how to wax on and wax off and it didn't look like it had anything to do with the battle that they were about to face and the opposition they were about to come up against but what he was trying to do is give him reps in something that he know he would be able to use later and I think that's what I'm supposed to do is tell you yeah keep honoring God first in tithing even during a pandemic wax on and and wax off, stop gossiping when you come around your family. Come on, I want you to keep on reading your word and meditate on my word day and night. And I want you to turn off Netflix and, and be able to get in my presence. All I'm trying to do is teach you the principles that when you come up against a pandemic or you come against your Aunt Pam. I don't, know, I don't know what's worse for some of y'all. Some of y'all, it's a pandemic and some of y'all, y'all scared more of your Aunt Pam. But whatever you come up against, what God is saying is the things that you do and you learn from the apostles and the prophets and the teachers those are the very things that are gonna allow you to get in the middle of a battle and win the war I don't know I see myself as mr. Miyagi I'm the ministers help and until you get in your place I don't have anybody to actually equip We have a whole bunch of people that are tuning in right now at the tunes of hundreds of thousand people. But I wonder how many people have answered the call of a minister. I wonder how many of you are still sitting there like, oh, he's saying some good stuff. But what I'm trying to do is push you out of your place of complacency and let you know that in the the gated neighborhood that you live in, you're the minister there. (sighs) And, 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 And so. I need you to understand this. My job is to equip God's people to do his work and build the church. I like that. Equip God's people, do his work, and build the church. What's my job? What's my job? I said, equip God's people, do his work, and build his church. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Say, equip God's people, do his work, and build the church. So we need those three things down because with a, without understanding, you don't know what that really means. So let's answer those questions. Who are God's people? What is his work? And how do you build the church? Let's start with number one. Who are God's people? Look at Romans 9. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You just became God's people. And some of y'all may be like, that's too easy. They need to change their life. They were smoking yesterday. Hold up one second. For just give, hold up. Back up for one second. This is the same way that every one of us is saved. If we was out clubbing last night, if we was drunk or high last night, if we were lying last night, if we were in an alternate lifestyle sexually last night, it doesn't matter because at the moment you do what Romans 9 says, God says it's even at the foot of the cross and Christians and believers try to make there be big sins and little sins, but everybody is even. And he says, all you gotta do is believe. I sent my son, he died for you and he rose again. And it said, you are saved saved. And I know I'm fighting that religious spirit right now. That's telling people that ain't what I believe, but I got a scripture for you too. So look at it in Mark chapter two, verse 16, because religious people who are judgmental aren't new. That's been around since Jesus was walking the earth. And there were some teachers of religious law who were Pharisees and they saw him. That's Jesus eating with tax collectors and other sinners, which all of us are without the grace of God. And then they went up to not even Jesus. They went up to his disciples and they asked him, why does he eat with such scum? I don't know why my voice just went to that right now, but that's what it felt like. They just bougie and got high voices. And it says, Jesus overheard them. And look what he did. He said, uh, y'all need to know one thing about your boy. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous. Ooh, ain't that good? because some of y'all right now are sitting next to people that you would consider yourself better than but god says our righteousness is like filthy rags in his presence that's why we need god he said literally i didn't come to call those who think they're righteous but those who know that they are sinners this is the good news for everybody that knows you've been wilding out you know it and if you know that you've been far from God and that he's calling you to another place and you don't wanna keep living your own life the way you've been living it cause it's not gotten you the results that you think you needed and wanted. He says, come to me and all you have to do is receive what I have done through my son by faith. Everybody say by faith. By faith. This is not by works. This is not about how many times I do good deeds or how many times I didn't cuss or how many times this is by faith. Everybody say by faith. When you receive by faith, you're God's people. So who are God's people? I'm going to give you the MLT, just real definition real quick. Sinners who receive Jesus as their savior, point blank period. If you are a sinner and you have received Jesus as your savior, you're God's people. And that is why this church exists to represent God to the lost and found for one reason, transformation in Christ. And everybody may not have the the, the right view of this, but I want you to see something that the found are God's people, but just as important are the lost who are God's passion. that's That's why the Bible says he would leave the 99 of the ones who are God's people who already been found to go after the one and I don't know who you are but I feel like there's some ones watching right now that there's some people right now you said I've done too much my track record is too long my body count is up I can't do certain things because of what has happened to me and God says I will leave God's people to come after my passion which is you and all I'm saying to you is you can be a minister by the end of the day. Like if you receive Jesus today, Oh, I feel the presence of God because somebody's wheels are turning right now that maybe I don't have to live my life how I've been living it. Maybe I can be a minister. And God says that is what I want. You're my passion. So my, no matter if you're God's people or you're God's um, passion, you're, you're a GP. It reminds me of an old Kirk Franklin song. Don't leave me hanging out here. GP, are you with me? Oh, yeah, we got the church. We ain't going uh, a GP. Are you with me? Oh, we got the one more time. GP, are you with me? Oh, yeah. We got the church. We ain't going nowhere. What I'm saying is God's passion and God's people are supposed to be found in God's church. Wow. That's great. And today you can make sure that happens. Let's look at the second question. What is his work? Because it said that the pastor's job is to equip ministers to be able to find out if they're God's people and to do his work. So what's his work? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So, so, so he's the man. He can say this. Therefore, the one instruction that I want to give to all my ministers is to go And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands that I have given you. And be sure of this one thing. I am with you even to the end of the age. Do y'all know that when you're a minister of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if it's SARS, if it's Ebola, if it's COVID-19, when you're a minister and you're going out and you're telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, he says, I will be with you to the end of the age. Somebody needs to get excited about that right now because you've been walking in fear. And God says, Why are you walking in fear, I'm with you. The one thing about my daughter, Isabella, is we've been going through this stage where she likes to sleep in my bed and I need everybody to pray for me because it's, it's, you know, it's it's hard. But what's ended up happening is I found out that sometimes she gets scared of the dark. And so she'll come into my room. And what I used to do is I used to turn all the lights on in the house all the way back to her room because that would allow her to be able to see where we were going. And then I said, no, 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 no. She's got to know that she's okay. So the other night when we were going to the room, I kept all the lights off. And she said, Daddy, I can't see. I said, it doesn't matter that you can't see. I'm with you. And she said, Daddy, I can't see. I said, but you feel me right here with you, don't you? And she said, yeah, I do. And so the next night she went to say it again. Ah, I feel the spirit of God. He'd be talking through stuff. And she said, Daddy, I feel you. (laughs) AHHHHH! <laughs> She was about to go back to her natural action is, I can't see what's happening. I don't know what's up ahead. I don't know. It's dark in this season. But instead of saying, I need to see it, she just said, I need to feel you. I just need to know you're around. I need to know that you're a close. And what God is saying is, my work is that you would go out and make disciples. And the thing you need to know that no matter what season you're in, I am with you. Somebody say, God is with me. Come on. Somebody needs to believe that in faith. God is with me. So what is his work? Spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. So every minister, that's anybody who's accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and savior, has a job to do. Not the one that pays you on the first and the 15th. The one you were coded with with purpose before you were in your mother's womb He said, when you took that vow to be covered by me, he said, you got a new responsibility as a minister of Jesus Christ. And that's to share the good news. He took into the fact that you're an introvert. He took into the fact that you don't like public speaking. He took into the fact that you break out in cold sweats when you have to do something you didn't know you have to do. And he said, and I still built you with the ability to share the good news that Jesus has come to seek and save who are lost and hurting, and that is his work, so now it's our work. Somebody just say again, I'm the minister here. I feel this thing, but you know what? In this season... Right now, the whole nation, literally the whole world, is focused on containing something, but God is focused on spreading something. He wants his news right now while everybody's in fear and wondering. He said, this is the perfect time for the Prince of Peace to invade situations. This is the perfect time where people don't know where money's coming from, that Jehovah Jireh, your boy, is wanting to show up on the scene. The one who, is th- the one who goes before you, I want to be there. But how will they know unless somebody tells them and so many times we're so selfish and focused on what God is doing in our life that we won't share the joy that we already have. I do not know how people that are not walking with God are making it through this season. Do you know how much fear and anxiety is coming from CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, your local television station, your Instagram feed, but as believers, we have our hope anchored in Jesus Christ. And the thing that you need to do is tell somebody else. Now, I can't believe this, but y- y'all, y- y'all, y'all may be able to identify, especially some of the ladies, and yes, I'm a man, but I do like shopping, okay? So let me just put it out there. This jacket is bad, and I found it on my own as I was shopping one thing I want you to know is that anything about a real shopper, not a stingy shopper, because some of y'all are stingy shoppers, and you, you, you find a sale, but you won't tell nobody about it because you want to be the only one to wear it. It don't even look that good on you anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You look beautiful. Um, what I'm saying to you is that when somebody's a real shopper and you love to see people get deals, when you find something, the first thing you do is tell other people. When you really find the 50% off, the 70% off, the 80% off, you'll be taking pictures for other people like this ain't my size, but this look cute on you. And you'll be able to send it to somebody else. What I'm saying is if sales shopping is good news, why isn't the fact that God's redeemed humanity much better news? that you don't have to be in the place that you're in and stay there and live there. We have good news, and it's our job as ministers to share that good news. But you cannot spread what you haven't caught, and you cannot give what you don't got, and you cannot omit what you don't own. And that's why I'm preaching this series. Because too many people think that I'm the minister. The person on the platform is the minister. And you haven't owned that you're a minister at that job, with that, with your kids, on that soccer field, on that basketball court. You are the minister. And God is trying to equip you to not have to be confined to a building. He's giving you a free pass to use your authority wherever you are. And until you get this, We don't get to be the full expression of the body of Christ. So the last thing, question we gotta answer is, how do you build the church? And I wanna camp out here for just the next 10 minutes so that you can understand that I think there's a fundamental problem of how people have viewed the church. See, people think that the church, this building is the thing that God cares about, but write this point down. The church is not organization. The church is an organism. The church is you. And until you get this in Ephesians chapter four, and he said the pastor's job, the prophet's job, the bishop's job is to equip the ministers, his people to build the church. It wasn't talking about building buildings. It was talking about building people. So that's why it doesn't matter if this building God gave us never opens back up. The church is still expanding. When you look at Acts 2.42, it said they were meeting home from home, sharing meals, sharing everything they had, and their numbers were growing daily because they weren't building brick and mortar. They were building minds, bodies, and souls. And what I'm asking you is if, you stop focusing on the organization for a second, because honestly, the organization has been a lot of our excuses. Well, that church hurt me. Well, I ain't never doing no, because they just want my money. And we've blamed organizations, and if we can be honest, it was one or two organisms who really messed over you. It was some people who hadn't given God full control and on behalf of those people who were pastors and leaders and people in your life who you thought was the church and that's why you haven't come back to church because you saw somebody do it wrong and they fell short of the glory of God. I want to apologize because i know that has hurt you because the only thing that can hurt another organism is an organism and, and and we've blamed it on the church but now we can't blame it on an organization that was a person would you please not hold all of us responsible or even hold god responsible for what somebody did and would you allow forgiveness to flow through your heart i feel this thing deep down in my spirit right now there's somebody right now who's getting healed Because you're realizing the church wasn't this big organization who forgot about you or isolated you or or downcast you when you had a baby out of wedlock or when you had the abortion. That that wasn't the church. That was a person or a couple of people or a group of people. I'm asking you, let them go. Because that poison is killing you right now. And what God wants to do is he wants to heal you and look at the greatest thing He wants to make you a minister so you can go back to the very people who feel like how you felt And you know that deep despair and that isolation and go back and share the good news that God took away grief And he took away shame on the cross and that you can walk free and be his minister Somebody needs to thank God with me. I feel healing flowing in this room right now So how do we build the church? How do we build people? I want to show you a story where Jesus does this with one of his disciples. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea and Philippi, I feel this thing. He asked his disciples saying, hey, I got a question for everybody. Y'all come around here. Who do men say that I am? What are the people saying in the streets? Uh, I think some people are saying uh, that you John the Baptist. And then another one says, ah, oh, you know what, Jesus, some people saying you Elijah. I don't know why everybody's so ghetto right now. And others are being like, no, sir, everybody's saying you're Jeremiah. Um, you're the prophet. And then Jesus switches it up on everybody. And I think this is the question that COVID-19 is making everybody have to answer right now. And then Jesus said, but who do you say I am? i know what the government is saying and they're saying we can be in this you've heard everywhere from 18 months to three months to two weeks and all this other stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and i know what you say that that they can do for you and what a vaccine could do for you and what these people could do for you and help and aid and all this stuff but who do you say i am right now in the midst of this what are you saying because it really doesn't matter what everybody else is saying it matters what you believe and what you're standing on right now and he asked them who do you say that i am and look at one disciple who could have been quiet and shrunk back in the background like many believers do when they're in a group or an organization. But he stepped forth as an organism. Look what he said, Simon Peter. He answered and said, you're the Christ, son of the living God. And, and it hit me right here because if you are going to be the minister, you have to be write this down, be open. See there's many people in this room that are not open to God making you a minister. Like in the crowd, you would rather stay back. But for him to answer as an organizit or, or not an organization but as an organism, he had to step forward and be open to give an answer. And it hit me right now that some of you are so set in your careers, some of you are so set in your plans that God is asking you, I want to make you a minister to go into places that people have not even been able to go in and represent me right or represent me right. And he said, but are you even open?